Welcome back to your New Money. If you just joined us, we're discussing investments this evening. My guest is Henry Biddlecombe. And if you'd like to call, our number is 011-484-0468. You can also email me on brian at bdtv.co.za. Since I've been back in the studio, I haven't had any phone calls. Love to hear from you. Henry's here and you can pick his brains or ask him any questions. I'm going to deal with emails now. Prime in Bedford View said, should I sell out of the market now? Wait for the cash and rebuy. I love that question because, you know, investing can be compared to athletics, not the sprints, but the comrades. It's a long race. No one rings a bell when it's time to get in or out. And it reminds me of Lloyd's, the, um, when every time a ship sinks, they ring the bell. My question to you and other investors, how many invested in March 2020 when the pandemic first started? How many sold out? Those looking for income, uncertainty and security, but those looking for growth need to understand that investing in markets is exactly like investing in property. They're both long-term. The big mistake that investors make is to panic and change their investment goals halfway. Markets are driven by both fear and greed, and over the last 60 years, there have been many times when events had a negative effect on markets. Those who've stuck to their long-term goals will tell you that markets will recover and there's a big difference between corporate risk and market risk. But you invested in quality companies, in quality industries relevant to these times and the future, you should just sit through it. Henry, just tell me, investing, how different is investing in themes com- five years ago compared to today? Yeah, I think the same themes are largely in place. Um, you know, I, I still think that technology is going to be a powerful driver of returns over the next 10 years. Um, perhaps energy is a very difficult, uh, different investment now to what it was five years ago. Um, I think more and more money is flowing into that space. Um, you know, between geographies, I think the American market's been quite weak this year and the South African market's been quite strong. So to answer your viewer's question, um, perhaps, you know, it's, it's never a good idea to try and time the market, but perhaps now is a good time to have a look at your geographical exposure. And if you are exposed to the South African economy, which many South African investors are, it's perhaps not a bad time to start rotating that exposure um, into the global markets. Yeah, because you've had, a, you've had the RAND uh, recovering and you've had the markets falling. That's right. Henry, Henry, Evelyn in Constantia says, given the trajectory of interest rates, the sell-off in growth shares and the move to value shares, is that likely to continue? Or can you start seeing some value starting to appear again in growth stocks um, and particularly technology? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And, you know, the sell-off in the growth space has been tremendous. A lot of the stocks that were up two or three hundred percent in the midst of the pandemic um, over the last 12 months are down anywhere from 50 to 90 percent. So it's certainly an interesting area to go shopping as an investor. Um, We're not identifying huge amounts of value in that space yet, funnily enough. Um, I like the big tech counters. I think they exhibit some value and they have for a while now. Um, Stocks like Alphabet, um, Facebook, uh, Amazon and Apple, I particularly like. Um, On the hotter end of the market, yeah, I still think valuations aren't cheap, um, but I think that we're getting to the point where you can start accumulating certain names. Um, so I would adopt a phased approach. And, and, and Henry, your view very much is that the RAND, do you think the RAND has hit its uh, bottom? Do you think the RAND's like, well, when I say the bottom, the strength, you, can you see the RAND still um, strengthening further? Or would you see over the next 12 to 18 months weakness in the RAND? 
Look, so, so you know, I, I can see that, that the fundamentals at play at the moment could be supportive of the RAND for a while still. But directionally, you know, over the next 12 months, I, I, I would probably look for a weaker RAND um, from here. And, and stronger markets over the next 18 months? Uh, perhaps. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, you know probably um, I, I'm expecting a sort of flattish market from here, globally speaking. Um, you know, we've had a strong rally in the South African equity market um, and we've had some weakness in the U.S. Um, so you, I, I think you're more likely to see some buoyancy in that space. And I'm also watching the Chinese tech space. That's really been hammered. Um, and I think that may turn out to be an opportunity in the next 12 to 18 months. <laughs> well, you've just, you've just got to my next email, which is Vernon in Darren, where he says, please talk about China as an investment destination. And what about all the Chinese tech shares that are really collapsed? Does one continue hold? And if you don't have it, now the time to buy, or are we going to find further interference by regulators in China? Well, it's just not stopping, is it, Brian? It's relentless. Um, every couple of weeks, there's a new round of regulations and restrictions and interventions. So what you have there really is a narrative problem, and investors are scared and worried to participate in that space, um, and quite rightly so. So I think the Chinese government really needs to get through it now. They need to decide on the changes that they want to make and make them um, so that the narrative can stabilize, because it's only once the market is cert can, can kind of make sense of the new operating environment that these companies need to, to, to run in, um, that they'll be comfortable to invest in them again. And that's going to take some time. Um, but if you look at the valuations, I think now is probably the right time to get involved because as soon as the narrative turns, it'll be too late. Yeah. We did have a caller, uh, but we lost that caller. Please call us back and uh, we'll make sure that in our control room we pick up your call. Uh, Larry in Westless says, do you think it's a good idea to borrow from our pension fund and take the money offshore? Will I be in a better position at retirement? Hmm. Firstly, uh, th let me say this change in retirement funds allowing access to withdrawal benefits other than for property, is still under discussion. And if you're allowed to withdraw, you pay tax on the withdrawal tables, which is first 25,000 tax-free, the next 635,000 taxed at 18%, then 27%, then 36%. Your pension fund is probably already investing offshore on your behalf, and all the returns within the funds are tax-free. Let me explain. You don't pay CGT, you don't pay dividends tax, you don't pay interest. The minute you make those investments yourself, you do. Look, I've not done the calculations, and although the funds you do draw will ultimately be in cash as compared to only be allowed one-third in retirement, I need to do the numbers. And at first guess, I don't think you'll be better off. However, you will have more flexibility. I will report back next week before my healthcare program starts, and, I, and I'll, do some, I'll do some questions. We've got our first caller. Mike, good evening to you. You're our first caller in 2022. Please go ahead with your question. Uh, Brian, how are you? Yep, fine, thank you. And good to have you on the show. Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Brian, just with uh, checking out the U.S. inflation sitting at 7.5%, the highest it's been in the last 40 years, don't you think it's worrying for the rest of the world, the global world, with inflation coming? And I, I would say being in, in risky assets, um, with interest rates going up, and then that I think they're going to be taking a knock, what is the best asset, in your opinion, to put your money in, like gold or silver or any commodity, to protect yourself from what's coming? And I, I'm a firm believer in Bitcoin, and that's been doing good for me over the past seven years. 
So what is your view on Bitcoin as well, protecting <laughs> yourself against inflation? Thank uh, you. Thanks, Mike. Thanks very much for your question. Look, I've always said, you know, one's first got to understand your strategy. And if your strategy is long term, then you've got to ride out all these, all these issues, the war, the inflation rate. I don't think, I don't think at all the Americans, uh, uh, Federal Reserve are going to push up interest rates and to, to destroy the economy. Not, as I said early on, not after they spent trillions. Henry, I'd like you to please comment to Mike about, you know, he speaks about the inflation rate being very high. We expected inflation at the end of January to be slightly better than December, and it wasn't. I mean, it was up at 7.5%, as Mike says. Um, he talks about Bitcoin. Uh, I mean, that's a subject I know very little about, and I know people have made money. Uh, certainly those who invested in the last six to nine months are only losing because they were paying their f- over 40, 50, and 60, and now it's somewhere in the round about uh, that 40, 40, 41. I don't know what it is tonight. Henry, your comments? Yes, I, I think when you're looking at inflation now, we're dealing with an abnormal level of inflation, right? So a huge component of what you're seeing reported is transitory in nature, um, at least half of it. So, um, you know, I wouldn't panic in that sense. But, you know, even if you normalize inflation for those transitory factors, um, it, it does warrant um, higher interest rates. And higher interest rates, generally speaking, put pressure on risk assets. Now, my humble view on Bitcoin, and I don't own any, um, is that it's a beta two assets or beta three assets. So in other words, whatever equities are going to do, Bitcoin is going to do even more than that. Um, and if you're dealing with a, a risk off scenario where you know, you've got pressure on equity prices, um, you'll likely see even more pressure on the Bitcoin price. So I would, I, would um, I guess, caution you not necessarily to treat Bitcoin as, a, as an inflation hedge if I could just comment on Bitcoin, I mean, there's no, I, I'm also, I must make the point, I'm not an investor in Bitcoin. My, my wife's very disappointed in that I, that I haven't, but fortunately, I keep saying to her, every time it drops, now the time you want to get in. And, you know, it's very difficult to buy when things are going down, easy to buy when things are going up. But just make a comment that both neither Henry and I are making any real um, observation other than what we've seen happening. And people, if you've been in seven years, Mike, you've made money. But all I can say, if you're going to go into Bitcoin, certainly don't put more than maybe one or two percent of your global assets into Bitcoin. Uh, However, I'm I'm not talking to those who are absolutely committed and convinced that Bitcoin. I'm just talking about the the normal investor. Be very careful. And also be be very careful who you use if you are going to buy Bitcoin. Julian Santon says, I'm one of those who are really pleased that interest rates are going up and I wish they would go up more. However, the one downside is I pay more tax. Is it possible to structure a share portfolio that will provide me the returns after dividends, um, after dividends tax of close to 6% and the same, at the same time create some growth into the future? Henry, can you find quality stocks that are yielding that, well, 6% after tax, you're talking about somewhere around about 7.5% dividends. I don't think you can achieve that. But maybe at the four, maybe four, four and a half, Henry? Yeah, you know, there are some. Um, Generally speaking, higher dividend yields come with higher levels of risk, um, but those stocks are out there. 
Um, you know, and you must chat to your financial advisor because there are tax efficient structures that you can make use of when making those types of investments if you want to maximize your after tax yield. Um, and if you have a look at where South African government bonds are trading, you know, perhaps if you if you need income, it's not a bad idea to to include some of those in your portfolio. Um, where if, if you do make use of a tax efficient structure, you, you can get very close to that yield that you're talking about. So chat to your financial advisor or give us a call. Yeah. Well, I'd love to answer more questions. I'm sorry that I didn't get to maybe five or six of our emails. I will deal with the next program. But as investors are more anxious and fearful when markets are falling and the RAND is strengthening, one needs to reflect on why you went offshore and why you're in the markets. The RAND is all about diversification and being invested not only in hard currency, but in global companies and industries that one cannot invest in South Africa. For example, technology, as Henry was talking, there's 16 to 20 top technology companies globally and probably one or two in South Africa. The reason for investing in markets is because you want to beat inflation over a long period of time and a long-term growth. My advice is try to become an ostrich for the next 6 to 12 months. I wish I could, but as this is my business, I must watch things all the time. I'd like to thank Henry for joining me this evening. Thank you, Henry. It's important to note our program is to provide information and should not be construed as advice. Next week's program, we'll be dealing with healthcare, and if you need to get hold of me, my details will appear on the screen. I'd like to thank you for watching, and good night.